بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد الحمد لله through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fadl we have had hajj this year after many years of very nominal participation may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the hajj of all the hajjis uh, forgive their sins accept their du'as and uh, let them bring the nur of the Haramain back to their homes and grant us all the opportunity and tawfiq to visit the Haramain Sharifain inshallah this, this here is today the day of Arafah the ninth of Dilhaj Mubarak day as you all know one of the most blessed days of the year Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives sins uh, where the Prophet would fast on this day and he would request the Ummah also to follow his footsteps in Ibadah and in Dua and in Dhikr and then in Qurbani in Adhiyah where these are the Mubarak Ten nights of the Hajj, where Muslims all want to benefit from Allah's Rahmah, Allah's Nur. So this comes at the time when we are trying to make sense of the events in the world. Violence, unfortunately, is, is commonplace everywhere in the world, and we simply don't make any sense out of it because it is nonsensical. You can't really rationalize something that is purely irrational. You could put an end to it by doing what you need to do uh, at the state level, at the federal level, the community level and also the social level and also domestic level where you minimize if not eradicate all the reasons for violence and there are many reasons for violence so we must appreciate that human nature is human nature it doesn't change because you are able to go to Mars. It doesn't change because you're now able to read uh, the human DNA. It doesn't change human nature. Human nature is human nature. This streak of violence started with one of the two sons of Adam. So this is as old as Adam. 
Azina, one son, Qabil, killed the other son, Habib. There's no sense in what he did either. And that story is mentioned in the Quran for this reason. That if you save one human being, you have saved all of humanity. So this is where the Quran comes in and gives a clear instruction that one way I've seen it through the medical convention, you want to save a life. That's fine. Which to me is neither here or there. It is necessary. Yes, you do that. But there's a much bigger problem. And the problem is that why have human beings not been able to curb violence after so many millenniums? Nobody wants violence, nobody likes it, hopefully, except those who are perverted and those who are just shameless. So here in these days of Hajj, when we come to the table and start addressing the, 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 the beautiful example of Ibrahim and we see in him a whole ummah that he is one man but he represents a whole nation because of his traditions because of all the tests he passed the spirit there is one of sacrifice. Am I willing to sacrifice my ego? Am I willing to sacrifice my desire? Am I even willing to sacrifice my needs for the sake of a greater good? If the answer is no, then the killing will never stop. Because everybody is a social, selfish. But once you realize that there is a higher purpose than me in this world, and you realize that life is about caring, life is about sharing, life is about understanding the need for sacrifice, as the Sahaba asked, the Rasul Sallallahu Ya Rasulullah, what are these sacrifices? What, what do they represent? What do they symbolize? So the Prophet Sallallahu gave, obviously, through his uh, prophetic insight, an amazing answer. And he said, Sunnat, Sunnat Abikum Ibrahim. It is the culture it is the tradition, it is the value of your father Ibrahim Now he is the father of the Arabs, as you know, even from Makkah, the Banu Ismail, Medina, the Aus al Khazraj. So he is the father of the Arabs. So, when, when you look at the Arab culture, generosity was normal for them. Hospitality was normal. Being kind was very normal in their culture. It is in their blood. Even today. MashaAllah. 
So when you look at that and, and you say that you're sacrificing an animal to represent the tradition of Ibrahim, then what did Ibrahim actually stand for? So he stood for many things, one of which is sacrifice for the sake of Allah. He sacrificed his father. He sacrificed his wife and child by leaving them in the desert where Mecca was not. And then he came back and he sacrificed his son for the sake of Allah, which is what we do today. But what, what it, does that actually represent? It, it represents a civilizational value that it doesn't matter uh, what it is you do. Your niya is the most important virtue that drives your action. And the Quran tells us this. This is not your blood nor the flesh of the animal that reaches Allah. What reaches Allah is your taqwa, is your intention, is your sincerity. That I'm going to be representing a cause for the sake of Allah where I can benefit humanity and not hurt humanity. And that's what all prophets bring to the table. So, so the, 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 this whole tradition of Ibrahim that he, he stood for oppression, first of all against God. Yeah. For those of you who may not know, God also has rights. Everybody talks about human rights. Prophets talk about God's rights. It was mentioned clearly in the Quran in Hadith. So he stood against oppression against God, oppression against people, oppression by the king, the ruler, Namrud, in his time. And then he represented a will that if you're going to build a community, a civilization around the Kaaba, then you need these characteristics. You might need an engineer. You might need an architect. You might need plumbing, electricity. But more than anything else, what you need is people who are dedicated to serving Allah. Once you can convince any human being that he has a greater purpose in life than himself, then you can see that the, 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 the path to reform is quite straightforward. People are angry. People are anxious. People live in isolation. People are frustrated with society around them. People have nowhere to turn to. Their parents dump them. Society doesn't care. Hospitals eventually kick them out. And there's no one on the planet who can serve any of their needs. So if anything, sacrifice, Qurbani tells us that we as a Muslim civilization are here to serve civilization. That we will sacrifice for the sake of Allah and follow the footsteps of our father Ibrahim and we will sacrifice. 
and then we will distribute the meat and feed people. Feeding people is very essential. If you just take a survey, all the hungry people in the world, millions of them in Yemen, in Somalia, in Ethiopia, in Syria, in Kashmir, everywhere in the world where the majority of Muslim countries are in destitute and they're in famine and they have no food. And yet, we have no empathy. And yet, we have no sympathy. And yet, we don't show any generosity. There are organizations who serve these people. So we shouldn't wait until tomorrow to actually afford something to those people in the name of sacrifice. They are part of us, and we are part of them. The first thing the Prophet said to the Sahaba as he came into Medina is feed people food. Feed people food. He didn't say all of you should go and reach the maqam of ihsan so that your salat is a mi'raj. That will come when it comes. But if you want to survive as a community, you need empathy. You need to feel for other human beings. If you strip away this feeling, then you're not a human being. You shouldn't be called a human being. So Ibrahim al-Islam, the pinnacle and the epitome of sacrifice for Allah, showed us a path that if you want to create a civilization in a desert where there is no water, there is no water there, as we all know. There's no vegetation. There's no one there. There are no birds, no animals. And he's leaving his family, making the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Create a civilization here from nothing. From absolutely nothing. So what happened? Alhamdulillah, mashallah. Makkah is now frequented. Makkah is thriving. Arabia is thriving. We have millions and billions of people visiting the same desert. Because what attracts Allah's divine attention is not buildings. It is human value. It is human sacrifice. If we appreciate these days of Qurbani, Adhiya, Dua and Dhikr, then we will empathize and feed the world. That's our job. That's our mission. If we fail, then Allah will say, as mentioned in Hadith Qudsi, narrated in Imam Muslim Sahih, Allah will say, I was hungry. Why didn't you feed me? I was sick. Why didn't you come to attend to me? 
So the servants will say, Ya Allah, you are Allah Almighty. Where, where were you hungry and where were you sick? He will say, that person that you know, he was hungry. Had you come to him and fed him, you would have found me there with him. And that person there, he was sick. Had you visited him, you would have found me there. If you want Allah, then Allah exists with the poor. Allah exists with the disenfranchised. Allah exists with the hungry. Allah exists with the naked. Allah exists with those who are totally deprived of human conveniences. We have millions, if not billions of Muslims hungry here. In this state, you have Muslims who are hungry. Muslims are homeless. We as a community must realize that this is simply not a superficial, artificial lecture, sermon, ritual that we go through every year. The qurbani, qurbani, qurbani. No, it is a commitment. If you value your humanity, you will value the humanity of everyone else. That's the message of all prophets, and that is the message of Ibrahim that is the message of the Prophet when he said, This Qurbani is the Sunnah, the tradition of your father Ibrahim. We make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us tawfiq. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen.